and welcome to The Hill is Always Greener, a show where four friends, and guests sometimes, have chill discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog to distract themselves from the inevitable passage of time and their own rapidly waning ability to relate to the youth, and to celebrate fictional characters' birthdays. Hi, I'm Game Buddy. <laughs> I'm Valero. I'm Rock the Jake. And unfortunately, uh, Metal Sonic blasted uh, Luke's equipment with his stupid tummy laser, so he is our silent producer once again for this episode. But today we have a special guest uh, introducing Jez. Hi. Yay. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm Jez M. I've been a Sonic fan uh, ever since Master System 2 appeared in my house around 1994 or so. Uh, kind of drifted away during the Nintendo 64 years and got hooked back in after seeing City Escape for the first time on the GameCube. Nice. Uh, my main credentials, <laughs> my main credentials <laughs> within uh, the fan base is that I know most of these guys. <laughs> yes. Uh, I... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've listened to every episode of the podcast so far, and I've got to say, I'm loving this 4D thing you've got going on for this episode. It is like I'm right here with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, Jez is a a dear old friend from oh my goodness the 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 Sonic fan site forum days and. Yeah, wow. Right. It's you know, when I, I say it out loud, it, it really feels like we, we are we are uh comrades in arms. <laughs> like decades, Re- literally. Like Oh boy. Oh, I love it. That's why I love this show. Woo. Well. Well uh, today, <laughs> I mean, and that, that goes hand in hand, uh, inviting old friends to to talk about Sonic today, because this is our kind of oh, you know, loosey goosey celebration of Sonic the Hedgehog's um the uh thirty two yeah, because last uh we did thirty two for the thirty second year. Anyway, yes, oh, yes, because yeah. <laughs> let's see, I'm 34. Well, Sonic and I are the same age, so there you go. 30 there you okay. go. Okay, yes. Although, actually, I'll be 33 later this year. Or, yeah. Well, 33. No, yeah, 33, like a, like a week or so after this episode comes um, out. I think okay. you'll find Sonic is eternally 16. Um... Uh, not anymore. Actually, he doesn't have <laughs> not a medical anymore. anymore. They are they are uh going they are using the time eater powers to rewrite the universe and <laughs> sure whatever, who cares? Um <laughs> but yes, in celebration of Sonic's birthday, we are going back, all the way back to Sonic's very first appearance. That's right. We are talking about the arcade game Rad Mobile. No. <laughs> uh we are of course talking about Sonic's original outing on the Mega Drive. And Genesis, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, known, you know, these days colloquially as Sonic 1. I mean, that's not true. Everyone knows it's called Sonic 91 because you got to differentiate with the true mm. Sonic, Sonic 1, which is uh, Sonic 06. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah, the one going- I played. Is that going to be an issue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're pulling the ripcord and finally doing a six hour recording on Sonic 06. It's sorry. <laughs> That that's that's what you're in for today. No, of course. Uh, not. you know what? Pardon me. I have to go jump off my roof. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Almost got a little too dark there. Yeah. <laughs> People never know what I cut out of this show. Um. <laughs> also, not uh, as as Luke says. Also, not that Sonic One port that came out in 2006, the Game Boy Advance. We'll we will pay lip service to that one later. But yeah, like I feel like we we have talked a lot about. Uh, uh, 
a lot about um, Sonic's original game, mostly about like uh, what led up to that. Like we we touched on the Bibles that um, you know the the game never actually used, but also some of that uh, uh, concept art, uh, some new pieces that like just recently got shared in like full resolution by uh, you know Naoto Oshima. Uh, with like the original concepts for Sonic and all those, you know, funny like night ni- uh, nightmare looking villains, and um, you know, uh, Sonic's girlfriend Madonna. Everybody knows about her, right? <laughs> I mean, if they've been listening to our podcast up till now, they probably do. We keep yeah. bringing her up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that fell in love with Weird Al, right? <laughs> yeah, officially, canonically. Sonic, Sonic didn't have a chance there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might have even brought that up the last time we talked yep, about we it. Yeah, we did, yeah. Well, we just have the same jokes every time. Like Sonic himself, sometimes we just loop-de-loop back around to our best bits. Yeah, we just recycle old assets for future games and episodes. And <laughs> As you like to say, it's poetry. So anyway, uh, Sonic 1. I did want to say, you know, uh, you, you put this in our outline for us, and I actually, for the first time, listened to it. But since we have two two Brits on here. I had never experienced the the PAL version of Sonic 1. And the, the quick and dirty version is that um, it's not so much an issue now with like HD TVs and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, back in the analog days, like you had different refresh rates on uh, refresh rate standards on TVs and NTSC, which was the just for the sake of brevity, like the North American standard, uh, was 60 hertz, and uh, the PAL version, which was uh, uh, across the pond, was 50 hertz. And so, so the Sonic One music sounds different to y'all, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sort like the original like... version of the game. It's a bit slower. Um, I remember when I first played it on Mega Collection, I didn't really notice the difference unless I had two TVs in my house. So depending on which one I was playing on, I would either have to use 60 hertz or 50 hertz. And I would just be like, why is the music so slow today? Why is the game glitchier? And have no <laughs> idea. Like, I didn't even notice uh, what the difference there was. But Well, for, no, I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Like, as you get older, time uh, passes differently for you. So you're like, oh, man, it's just going by too quickly these days. And Sonic is the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you mean. Um, there are part of why I tried to hook up the, the Genesis I have only to find that there's some cable or hookup that's gone dead. So I couldn't do that was to like play through that original version because we, we touched on a little bit of it when we, we talked about all the compilations, but there are little quirks about Sonic one that only are in that original version. Um, gosh, I don't know all the details, but like the, the Sonic one spikes, I thought were pretty famous for, um, yeah, uh, famous you know, is the word. <laughs> In, yeah, infamous. That's that's what we're looking for. For uh, yeah, killing you instantly if you hit them just right, just uh, from the the hitboxes. And I think that gets that gets removed in just about every other uh, re-release. That's one of the funny things about the sixty versus fifty hertz version on Mega Collection. I might be wrong, but I remember that spike glitch happened in the 50 hertz version of the game but not in the 60 hertz one on mega collection and again i thought i was losing my mind whenever i was playing that 50 hertz version <laughs> and the spikes would kill me and i might be wrong but 
that's interesting. The uh, the uh, the unintentional gaslighting by Sega. <laughs> at, at one point, they're just going to be like, "Oh no, the spin dash was always in Sonic One. You're you're crazy." <laughs> I mean, I was playing a little bit of Sonic One, at least the uh, emulated version on Sega Classics Collection, which you probably can't get now, thanks Sega. Um, but yeah. I still have. <laughs> And yeah, like you missed that spin dash. Like <laughs> the moment that came in in Sonic Two, like how you play the game changed forever. Now you're just having to. Oh no, you're having to move backwards and roll to break through through walls. Feels wrong, man. I was gonna say um, <laughs> I played the Sonic Origins version in preparation to join oh. you guys today, um, mm. and I was planning to not use the spin dash. I was gonna have the purest experience, and then I hit that first wall that you can spin dash through in Green Hill, and was like, actually, I really can't be bothered, and immediately used the spin dash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I right. had a, a very a very similar experience where I, I played some alternate versions uh and we'll we will we're gonna go through some of those in a little bit but ended up settling on the origins version for my my full playthrough and i i did the level select got to the secret options and it was like oh yeah i could i could turn on the speed and the jump cap just like the original game i could turn off the spin dash um can make sure the chaos emeralds are just six like the original release and then i said but what if I didn't and just <laughs> <laughs> what if I chose it? to have fun today? Yes, yes. <laughs> Which that not not that mm, not that it would be impossible. It's just it is so obvious that they they if they could have put the spin dash in that original game, they would have. <laughs> in in preparation for today's episode, I also uh, I did play the Sonic Origins version, and then in the past couple days, I I played the the version of Sonic One on the. Sonic and Sega Ultimate Collection on PS3. Uh, oh, which, wow, yeah. Yeah, which for me, that's probably the closest that I could get to playing like the original Sonic 1, because in in recollection, I don't think I've ever actually played Sonic 1 on a Genesis, because I never had a Genesis growing up. Oh, that's true. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's probably the closest for me. Um, <laughs> I had a, I had a fun moment yesterday where I, like, I booted it up and I started playing, and like, right when the Green Hill... Uh, theme started playing I like like something hit me in my heart of just like oh it feels like it feels like Christmas or something like that like, <laughs> like, you, just, you, like you play the game for on Christmas when you first get it or something like that and yep. then you get to Marble Zone and you're just like oh well the feeling's gone not <laughs> <laughs> to work Christmas is over yeah yeah yep. <laughs> Well, you see, that's your first mistake. It's actually on South Island, not Christmas Island. Um, that's, uh, uh, which is a uh, god. Sorry, <laughs> another. <laughs> don't know why I did that. <laughs> another, another dubiously canon detail of Sonic's uh, Sonic's origin. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well uh speaking of zones i bet y'all want to jump straight in and and talk about the the different parts of sonic one here let's hop into the game let's put the the cartridge into the machine uh take it out again blow into it put it back in <laughs> that's relatable isn't okay. it oh, 90s kids um <laughs> okay hold on hold on let me uh, okay hold on and now see <laughs> oh jesus okay, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while, huh? But when you're first starting up the game, like, it is worth noting. Is this. No, it was. this is not the first time we hear it, but this is, like, the first time I heard the famous Sega chant. That you that oh. was in, that was put into the game when they removed the sound test with the little Sonic's little rock band that was going to make it into the game until <laughs> Madeline Schroeder was like, no, no band, <laughs> no fangs, no, no booby woman. 
not to date our recording, but uh, very lovely to see that concept referenced in an official uh, uh, what Tales Tube, uh, you know, social yeah. media video of of Sonic in a band with a rabbit and a crocodile. And <laughs> it was very cute. <laughs> it was like, oh, they they know. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but um, when I like whenever I play the the older Sonic games, like on the Mega Collection. And like, if my parents were around and they heard that Sega chant, there was a few times where they say, "Are they saying Jacob?" Because that's my name. (laughs) (laughs) Every copy is personalized. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness! So like, you know, like obviously it's Sega, but from a distance it sounds like Jacob. (laughs) Yeah, like they like (laughs) like they would call you in for dinner. (laughs) It's like like if you get to put in your this game is great, and I just put in my name. Welcome, Frill Ho. <laughs> That's a reference for you all out there who are old like us. Bunny Bonestormer, go to hell! <laughs> the the funny thing is, I feel like the Sega led to the misunderstanding that it's supposed to be printed. Well, actually, no, it's not a misunderstanding. I think it is Sega. Sega. Like, for me specifically, as a British person, it's Sega. But, like, I'll hear all the American adverts. So, like, Sega. 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 Yeah, <laughs> I. Mm, I, I mean, now mm. I'm self-conscious. I don't know how I've, I'm going to have to listen to my own voice that is recording. <laughs> I've, I feel like I've, yeah, yeah. As Luke points out, I feel like that misunderstanding comes from the woefully inferior follow-up to the Sega jingle is the, yeah, the guy on Saturn who would just scream it. In fact, I had a Sonic plushie, a classic Sonic plushie from God, the Babbage's in my mall that said that Sega, Babbage's um, Except uh, you you couldn't open him up, so you could never replace the batteries. So I just had to listen to him slowly die. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, y'all can imagine what that sounds like. But yeah, horrifying <laughs> to where it doesn't sound like a word at all. I was going to say, when I first played Sonic 3D on Mega Collection, uh, I don't know. Did we have the right. Sega um, advertising over here in the UK? Chris, do you know? I'm gonna have to, um, I don't think we had the yelling. Mm. I don't think we had the... Uh, yeah, I was <laughs> that, was, that was a bit alarming for me, too. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, hey, are the choir okay today? Like, <laughs> <laughs> They're in a hurry. We've got to get out of here. Just one guy left, and he's he's not doing well mentally. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, who would be if you were stuck in a Sonic 3D cartridge? It <laughs> 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 wasn't that bad. Nah, we we revisited that one not too long ago, and it was it was pretty okay, especially mm. that that director's cut version. If you can get a hold of it, that Sega chant sure is it sure is lovely. Like I even like it when other games don't even have the whole thing but acknowledge it. I think it's the Sonic Spinball opening just has the little notes, and but you're still in your head. You're like, oh yeah, Sega. <laughs> Instrumental like edit. CD too, the original version too. Like, the oh yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I just, I, I love that. I, and then, like, this whenever there's a, a Sonic film and they do the Sega movies thing, you can hear the little do do in an orchestra. Oh yeah. yes. And I, I mean, how try. else would you start the movie? Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I think I've said it before, but that new uh, uh, Sega, like, <laughs> it's almost like a Sega Ages, like, uh, intro screen. But, uh, you know, Sonic's up there, but I always point and go, oh, kid you. Well, Yakuza Zero, <laughs> specifically, showing up on a, on a cinema screen. Yeah, uh, four like feet it. high on a, on a, the movie screen. <laughs> and that's probably, oh, is it Kiwami? My mistake, uh, Luke. But, you know, like, that's probably the only way we should see Kiryu on the big screen, to be honest. 
I I think we've I think we have gone over the like how did Sonic feel back then as we dipped into like the the different versions and the oh yeah were the spikes always like that so Green Hill Zone the the grand Mac Daddy of all Sonic zones that always seems to mm, what I say worm its way uh, worm its way is 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 negative uh, I would say um, grow its way because it's yeah. grass. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to visit like an old friend. That's that's a that's a nice way to put it. Uh, yeah, that's how we days. put it. Uh, the rest of the Sonic fandom are like, oh god, it's that guy again. Well, I mean, we we have hashed this out. It's like Mario gets to like reference one one all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So why why shouldn't Sonic get to do Green Hill? Um, to be honest, yeah. like it felt like something that was gone for a while. Like, um, not to get too far into it now, but like. After it showed up again in Sonic Adventure 2 after this, and then it was gone for a long time, I feel like. Yeah, um, and even um, even then, like, I, I don't know about anybody else, I never managed to unlock Green Hill properly as a child in Sonic Adventure 2, so... <laughs> Me neither. Not. I Still did, haven't. <laughs> uh, you know, screenshots in game magazines even then for a long time. The funny thing is, I did manage to unlock it, and at the time, that was, like, the driving force that was, like, getting me through those chow races. I was like, no, I get to play Green Hill in 3D Ooh. if I do this. And I hadn't seen it in any <laughs> screenshots. We didn't have YouTube back then, so I was just hanging on to, like, I will get to see this Green Hill zone in 3d that's never going to happen in another sonic game ever again i have to unlock this <laughs> um and you know it was it was worth all the hours i did need a guide to get all those a ranks down but um yeah at the time that was something very special at the time yeah <laughs> i just a few years ago when i i modded up my dreamcast and hooked it up to my modern television that was one of the things i did was um finally unlock that uh properly and it is very fun especially if you have played adventure 2 so much that you know you can make you can make those characters just do ice dancing perfect uh, movement combos i don't know if it holds up like if you you know if if you gave it to somebody who was not a uh (laughs) adventure 2 quote-unquote expert but it is a nice novelty. Um, I think there's I, a reason the generation 3D version is like you know the roller coaster style, where because that that there's a lot. It's a lot to take in in the uh, Sonic Adventure 2 version. It it was a good experiment, uh, I'm sure, for for Sonic Team at the time to be like, oh, let's do some traditional Sonic level platforming in 3D and. But yes, it's very it's it's nice. Uh, the the original Green Hill Zone. Well, I I feel like especially going through it several times by by booting up different versions of this game, it really does feel like the the perfect onboarding for what Sonic is as a game mm-hmm. compared to like other games at the time. Like if you just want to say like compared to Mario, like green hill does a great job of showing like you know this ain't your daddy's mario brothers game <laughs> <laughs> which was the intention at the time they were playing like, like the creators were playing world one one over and over again like i want to do it I'm, I'm doing it faster every time but what if we made one wait you're supposed to go fast uh which would lead to <laughs> many misunderstandings over what sonic is supposed to be over the years but anyway <laughs> Yes, I even think, you know, we've talked about the spin dash. I do think the the few um, U-dips that are in, uh, and the, the loop-de-loops in Green Hill, 
do a if you just wipe out the fact that and, and that's a lot of this game i think will keep coming up if you just pretend that sonic 2 does not exist yet that you are back in 1991 i do think those those bits in green hill zone do a great job teaching you like oh okay you gotta build up that momentum i'm going to have to backtrack a little bit and build up some speed and not just you know sit there and do your spin dash or your drop dash or your super peel out etc etc <laughs> it does a it does a good job like getting you uh again like getting you on board with this new guy this sonic oh he's 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 different <laughs> this is definitely like the beginning of like the whole misunderstand like i was joking about the misunderstanding of sonic but th- th- a lot of people see this and are like oh yeah you just hold right to win because like the first act is pretty much like that in a way oh, i mean there's a lot there are a few little level gimmicks and things that you can do but it is a lot of like pushing forward but if you try holding right to win throughout all of green hill you will die yes those traps are there those badniks are there and gosh maybe i just haven't done done uh the other for sonic 2 in a while the um Oh, are they are they called buzz bombers in Sonic One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get my terminology right. <laughs> the the buzz bombers in Sonic One seem incredibly aggressive. Um, <laughs> not just in Green Hill, but but they show up in other zones. And yeah, it is it is not recommended to just try to plow through, uh, especially this original Sonic game. I I feel like the nuance that has been lost in the original Sonic 2D platformers is that you are building up your knowledge of the level layouts so when you come back to it and again these you know these games are are not very long uh like games were <laughs> were not intended to be long back then um you could get better and better and like there are challenges built into the game to do that like the the getting gaining access to the special stages in Sonic 1 is collecting and keeping 50 rings and making it safely to the uh the goalpost to be able to to go into those special zones and so that yeah that takes skill that takes finding the uh secret passageways and making it uh especially in Green Hill to the the upper upper pathways that are uh much trickier and involve a lot of platforming um, I think, I mean, slightly getting ahead of ourselves here, but considering that most people tend to say that, oh yeah, I played Sonic as a kid, I always died on the lava level, I think it says something to how Green Hill managed to get that level of challenge exactly right, that most people could mm-hmm. beat it, but it still like taught you everything that you needed to know. Speaking of the special stages, what, <laughs> especially, especially looking back on them now with 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 hindsight of other special stages... What, what, what do we? What, what is the takeaway from these? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I'll let you guys go first because I, I, I feel like it. I feel like I'm going to be the contrary opinion here. But you guys go. <laughs> I mean, I replayed one of them at least right before the episode, and I got like you know maybe it's because I played it so many times. So that first one I can get done pretty fast. Uh, you just have to. It's sort of something you learn. But you, they are they are uh, disorienting to say the least. You're stuck in the in ball form the whole time and bouncing around these spinning these spin, this spinning surreal uh, levels with the the birds and the fish in the background and yeah, I can see why this would be a bit upsetting to people actually. <laughs> like, oh great, the Sonic the Hold Right game. What's going on? <laughs> I, I've never, like, investigated or heard someone testify like it gave them motion sickness, so maybe they balanced it just right. I could... If someone told me that, I would believe them. Um, it is... 
it is another one of those things where I have just done them dozens of times, and so I kind of finally have like a handle on the controls. I will say, and I think I, I said this back when we talked about Origins and as a compilation, I they feel so much better at a full 60 frames per second frame rate, um, smoothed out some of those transitions in Origins. It's also the only time I've noticed that the up and down bumpers actually do something. They they make the rotation go faster. Or it did take slower. me a long time to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say, it's funny that you say that because um, I know a few people, it doesn't affect me personally, but a few people have said that the original game doesn't give them motion sickness, but the smooth rotation of the modern version does. So... That's, Ooh, interesting. that's interesting huh. yeah i i could see that because the uh, maybe the choppiness like helps break it up yeah. um i i i did um uh go through in my origins playthrough like got all the chaos emeralds and even i i even like that that bonus one that 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 was thrown in there for the uh that version of the game as far as like my rankings again like acknowledging that games came after this i think it is like my uh, pretty low on the bottom as far as my special stages maybe above the <laughs> the the 3d um uh mega drive version stages which is just well they're barely there <laughs> <laughs> I've always had a bit of a contrary view to these. Like most people tend to consider them mid to low as far as special stages go. I've always liked, though, that they're the only special stages in the series, more or less, that actually use like the base game mechanic rather than being an unrelated minigame. I kind of like the idea yeah. of yeah. taking the normal gameplay and putting you in this really weird level, basically, <laughs> um, and making the challenge and the difference come from that sense. But Obviously, that doesn't automatically mean it's going to be fun for everyone. So, but it's uh, it's an idea I'd like to see them explore again one day. Maybe I don't know. I yeah. I think the 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 one thing we can all agree on is that those little those little goal things they're the biggest lie in the whole game. <laughs> yes, I I always wondered that. In um, I guess they show up in yeah Sonic Three that that casino bonus stage. I always wondered I. I mean, what what should they say in general? Like maybe danger or because goal is sounds too positive. Because yeah. what they are is you goofed. <laughs> no <Yeah>. prize for <laughs> you. Exit maybe. <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like it must come from like that at the time. You know, bonus levels were like a thing in almost every game, and getting the thing that you get for doing the bonus levels wasn't always the goal. Sometimes just like beating them was good True. enough. So I guess it's a weird thing where they just did that because that's what you always do but they didn't think it through if you think about it from like a law perspective maybe it's like oh no go out here to escape don't go into this area no no don't go to the, don't get the chaos emeralds they're secret no well wasn't there that thing in the sonic bible as well about how they're like dr robotnik's maze of confusion or something so oh, the warps yeah. of confusion yeah, yeah. like oh. he set up himself in space originally so i think we know who wrote goal on the uh, blocks that yeah. kill you <laughs> i just want to go over here yeah this is where you're supposed to go <laughs> Idiot. you know if, if it if it doesn't exist i would like um to possibly create a mod for one of the versions of sonic one to where you take the sound clip of um Takanobo Mitsuyoshi from Sonic Mania and when you hit those it just says go <laughs> I mean it would go with the uh, spinning effect at the end <laughs> man well no matter how you spin it these uh, levels are alright 
Yep. Yep. Oh boy! Hey, but we we can't forget about at the 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 end of Green Hill Act Three, we get uh, our first Doctor Eggman boss. Um, and speaking of things that that also uh, have made a, a comeback in recent years, this big old dangly chain. Starting off simple, just big old ball to smash things. <laughs> it's funny though, because the Origins version is actually kind of harder from where they made it widescreen. <laughs> Yeah, and you can't hit him like as he's coming down too. Yeah, you can't cheese it, which yeah, I I understand both sides of the argument. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it. people that were absolutely furious that they could no longer cheese that boss, and I <laughs> I get it. I I do I do. Get I mean, it, you get but, more um, game by uh, not letting you hit him at the beginning. So. <laughs> yes, you get to actually develop your your uh, white knuckle. Uh, precision jumping as you can jump through the chain avoid the ball and get it all in real quick like but um was it sonic 4 that had the this one and then he uh on like the last two hits he starts overhand flinging the ball at you okay that's right you know we don't have a ton of nice things to say about sonic 4 but when that happened i remember you know doing a a whoa Yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm, that was a very cool one. Even though I think, uh, again, to say things that, that Sonic 2 improves on, I love that the the bosses um, f- with Dr. Robotnik are modular, like connected to his Egomatic or his Eggmobile to where like, you know, the big ball and chain drops out the bottom and then like uh, going forward, like, oh, and now he's got a little fire shooter like attached to the bottom and like you are breaking that piece off as the boss so he can flee and the little base car and it's just really cute i i really love a good 2d eggman boss Mm. (laughs) i'm glad they like stuck with that it's a really i don't know it's one of those things that uh we kind of take for granted but became really iconic for his character like particularly classic eggman yeah like even even by the time you get to sonic 3 it's like oh these are these are like big giant like mechs in their own right which are still really cool but i do just kind of miss like oh he's like bolting stuff on to his like little hover car (laughs) i also like the idea that like at least when the game was first being planned the whole idea is he's using an element of the level against you so you like learn something and now you have to so like originally the checkerboard balls were going to be on green hill as like uh something you could ride oh so like and then robotnik's got one and he's using it against you so it kind of like fit the level theming a bit more yeah yeah and so when you're in like marble zone he uses fire and starlight he's using like the He's using the seesaws, and in Labyrinth, he's using the terrible level against you. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's testing your patience. <laughs> uh, I just kind of like that. It's sort of like, okay, here's the final test for this stage. Uh, Robotnik's going to use something from the level against you. Good luck. <laughs> but that's, that's Green Hill, isn't it? Yes, I was going to say, once again, speaking of Marble Zone, now this, like we've alluded to, this is kind of the, I, I feel like this is the make or break for a lot of people on yeah. whether they, they look back fondly on Sonic 1 because you've got a great introduction to Sonic Speed and his platforming and how you can train yourself to, to eventually breeze through with lots of rings and get up really high. And then you have a kind of puzzling, jumping lava level where, um, as, as you have put in our outline, uh, get ready for lots of lava and waiting on uh, things to cycle. Yeah. <laughs> it really is a difficulty spike, and literally in some cases there's a lot of spikes in this level too. 
Oh yeah, like, oh jeez. I fall for it every time. I think it's it's either Act 2 or Act 3, but it's a, uh, you, you jump on the little pendulums and you're like, oh, I'm home free. And there's one more set of, of spikes that pops right out at the end. <laughs> and I tell you, and you hit it and fall all the way back down and Karn Sarnet. I think there are a couple of, uh, would you call them unfair little traps in Marble Zone that just kind of adds to the whole thing that you're, because you are just kind of itching to, for those Green Hill straightaways, but uh, they decide to make you take a, take a breather here. Mm. They sort of remind you, hey, it's a platformer game. I'm like, I don't want it to be a platformer game. Not now. (laughs) I'm still still getting used to it. I was going to say, the original Mega Drive version, my primary experience of it was playing it over at friends' houses. And all I can say is when I did finally get to play it for myself on Mega Collection, Spring Yard Onwards was all new to me. I don't think we ever made it past Marvel's Zones again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I did play this. Like, I did try a replay. I was like, oh, I've got an hour. I can probably play through it before we get started. And then I got to Marble Zone. It's like, well... You know what? Maybe later. Um. <laughs> act one really sets you up for disappointment on Act two and three as well, because Act one you kind of have this really basic structure of you're outside the castle, you go into the castle, and you come out of the castle again. And then Act two and three, yeah. you will go in and out several times, and you always think, "Oh, I'm outside again." The goal's right around here, isn't it? And it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. It's just like if you that full that false sense of security, like, "Oh, I'm out." Oh. <laughs> But they keep bringing me back in. <laughs> Act three has like multiple entrances for you to take. And you're like, oh, surely one is shorter than the other. And no, it is not. Um, <laughs> you know, I actually have a similar uh, story about playing Sonic one is I my Genesis that I, I, I bought uh, came with Sonic two. But my neighbor at the time right across the street had Sonic one. And so I think I played it at their house. I think I borrowed it a few times and I'm being nice to my child self by assuming my memory is not failing me and that eventually they just let me have it and I didn't (laughs) accidentally steal it from them Um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure they gifted it to me but I do also remember like yes by the time that I owned it I had made it past marble it really did feel like everything was also new because that is that can be a a stopping point for, for lots of people Again, it's. It, I suppose it is teaching you that there is going to be some precision um, jumping between platforming uh, platforms in this game, and I do think it feels really good when you get a uh, a handle on like Sonic's jumping and stopping abilities. Um, I think this carries forward into the other games, but I was just kind of paying attention to the animations, and Sonic does have a little half step. Um, like when you jump and land, um, if you don't like reverse the direction on the control stick and, uh, I, I don't know, just like going through it again, I was like, oh yeah, you can't, you can learn to make him, uh, stop on a dime or like jump straight up in the air to like cut a little slide short. And it just feels kind of good. Like, you know, marble zone can be cheap sometimes, but doing, doing the hopping, especially on those, those really, uh, yes, as, as Luke is also pointing 
pointing out like the sp- why even bother putting speed shoes in these non speedy levels because they will it, it's almost like a trap in of itself <laughs> dude <laughs> it's a shame that i feel like the level design doesn't always communicate this but once you do really know your way around there's a lot of those like stop and wait on a lava block kind of thing sections that you can just jump over if you know what you're doing and it's a shame that they didn't really communicate that much for people who don't know the levels of my heart <laughs> I'm sure they were working with, like, there's only so much we can do to be intuitive with this. You know, they're not going to uh, stop and put a tool tip up on the <laughs> on this 16-bit game saying, like, hey, maybe try skipping over some jumps. But the uh, the one that stuck out to me is, I, I, I believe it's Act 2, but it's one of the, you are riding the block as the lava geysers, like, propel you up. And if you stay on it, you can actually... Uh, access a secret area which has a couple of item boxes and then you come back and you could ride the block back over a little quicker and start all over but if you jump to that last platform and just get a nice running start you can just hop over uh and onto that last platform uh using your speed even in these close quarters Speaking of those blocks, by the way, do you ever have a point where you're like, where one of the big blocks comes up ahead of you while you're riding the little one across the lava? And sometimes when Sonic jumps un- into it because he's being pushed along, he doesn't activate the proper jump, so he's just sort of like jumping like Mario as opposed to like doing the spin attack. Yeah. I feel like I have seen that. Yeah. It happened to me. That today. can happen in <laughs> Sonic 2 as well. It's just like a funny, a, a, a funny little, I guess, a. a technically a bug but a a harmless one it is funny to like yeah and he's just kind of running in the air (laughs) so i think marble zone is yeah like you said it's kind of like the point where at the stopping point for a lot of people who are like oh i have fun with green hill what's next oh no Uh, like i can (laughs) understand like modern sonic fans or even like people who played sonic like pretty much after this game um, will come back to this and just like be like i don't think this game is for me anymore and mm. understandable it's a lot all at once it's a shame they were definitely still like finding their feet with how to design sonic levels and i don't know maybe they just only had enough ideas for like momentum stuff to make the speedier levels in the game but um it's a shame because i do get the impression like when i was a kid that i was never that worried about the fact that we couldn't beat marble because i assumed that whatever was coming after would be even harder and this is just what the rest <laughs> of the game is like you know and that's a shame but that's probably quite a few people's experience with Sonic and they don't actually know that there is a lot of good stuff still to come in Sonic 1. I do wonder if this is partly like the Mario inspiration again, like, okay, we've got to have an underground level, okay, we've got to have a castle level, let's slam them oh, together yeah. for this one. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it makes me think of, is like those two combined. Just kind of going through the video game design motions of the time. And that's where Sonic fails when he tries... Like, sometimes, okay, that's not true. Sonic does rip off other video games and franchises to great effect sometimes, but... Sometimes when he's just, like, wholesale lifting from other games without thinking about it, it leads to stuff like this. Yeah, this is where I will interject and say, uh, jumping to Sonic 2, that Chemical Plant is such a better second level uh, in the same format of introducing, again, like... Uh, some platforming, some stop and waits, even some underwater sections, which are coming up in this game, but also <laughs> like keeping those straightaways. Like, I mean, e- even though, you know, the frustrating bits of chemical plant you have in your head are that little water section, which you can skip almost altogether if you mm-hmm. are quick enough and on that top route, but also that opening straightaway that might be the first time you run off the screen because you're going so fast. And 
I, I understand Marble Marble Zone's shortcomings, but I do immediately see that they learned from that going into Sonic 2. Although I do think there are a lot of people who stopped at Chemical Plant once they got to that one bit with the blocks and the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, I might be a little bit more mean with that one. Like, oh, yeah, Marble Zone, it can be frustrating. But that, I'm just like, yeah, you know, well, get good. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was hard for me as a kid, too. But nah, I, I, I made it past there eventually. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm an adult. I pay taxes and I beat chemical plants. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> But hopefully, hopefully you made it out of Marble Zone, and and as we've said, you you beat the boss where where Eggman is just kind of pooping out little fireballs on the platforms <laughs> you can stand on, <laughs> and made it to the Spring Yard Zone, which I think didn't did we not bring this up when we were going through Sonic CD that Sonic CD seems to have taken a lot of its level inspirations from Spring Yard Zone specifically. Yeah. I feel like a lot of things took from Spring Yard Zone, like Casino Night is pr- pretty much taken from this, or it's the better version of this, to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. Once again. This is kind of like their first experiment with trying to do more sort of... It isn't exclusive, it isn't specifically pinball-y stuff, because there are no none of the little bumpers and things, but it is like, a, there's a lot of momentum going on in the stage, lots of like sharp inclines and stuff, but something can do his little rolly motions and things. Yeah, if, if you did not have a handle on that, oh, I can build up sonic speed by just rolling in these pits, then this defi- this forces you to learn that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. In a lot of ways, it feels like a prototype version of the sort of casino pinball zones that yeah. would come. But at the same time, I think it's kind of a shame that it's never really come back in any way because it has a really like unique aesthetic as far as the series goes. Like, yeah. I feel like it's the most 90s looking of every single level in Sonic oh, 1. Oh, absolutely. With those <laughs> and, neon signs yeah. and stuff. And, um, and it's a shame. I don't know what it is about it. Yeah. The color the color scheme, the, 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 the choice of, like, the, the red all around and the... Yeah, it's a nice combination, I think. I think it's also... It's either Act 2 or Act 3 where there's, like, a lot more bumpers, a lot more red bumpers involved, both with, like, momentum and then also just, like, really high bouncing. And, like... In retrospect, that feels like the the beginning of like the legend of red bumpers in Sonic games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Like you said, this one doesn't seem to come back much because, uh, again, I I hate to say that it is done so much better in other games with your casino levels and your your dedicated pinball stages. Um, I do really love all the silly little neon signs. I mean, the most famous one is the cope, which I <laughs> I tried to find the real reason is in there. I found the old post where someone was like, oh, it stands for one of the processors. But I think what people fail to mention is like four posts down, they said, oh, I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking for the sieve and mold signs. That yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I think the explanation is just it's a it's a, a an interesting looking English word to have there because they also have what is it CPU and mm. and other up there. My theory was always that 
it was just like not fully understanding the context for using that word in English, and it's meant to be yeah. like a do your best kind of thing, you know, hang in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, That's how I interpret. Reached a uh, very new context in modern times over the last few years, but <laughs> yes, it really has. The the funny version is it's yes, it's Doctor Eggman with that cope, seethe, mauled hedgehog. <laughs> I I like to look at it as a oh maybe it's the last vestigial. Uh, evidence of like the residents of who used to live here and they're trying to put like a hopeful message out there like i guess hope would make more sense in this context but it's it's just cute i i love that it's just part of sonic's history that the (laughs) the big cope sign (laughs) i really wish one of the bottomless pits you fall down it and there's a sign that says skill issue (laughs) (laughs) See, we're coming up with ideas for mods all over the place. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Fun fact, this was originally going to be called Sparkling Zone, by the way. Uh, Just remembered that. Oh, cool. Yeah, that that would also also be perfectly. Yeah, those old screenshots and footage of like the prototype version was a lot more Casino Night as well. Like, I'm glad they kind of... Yeah. I'm glad they dialed it back because... I don't know. Um, Spring Yard has a kind of subtle beauty to it uh, compared to Casino Night, which would have been a shame to I lose. I do agree. But it's just like if you look at the early versions of Casino Night as well, and it's like, oh, no, 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 please definitely dial that back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We could we could probably spend a, a whole chunk of time on like all of the different prototype versions, like those those UFOs in Green Hill Zone and whatnot. Doesn't Marble Zone. Oh, they're in Marble Zone. Yeah, see, there, Sorry, there we go. That's me just being like, <laughs> how dare you, Jeremy? <laughs> we are not prepared to go over that aspect of the <laughs> the prototypes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, but that was cool, though. <laughs> I feel like now's a good time for me to mention that, like, ever since the beginning of this podcast, like, like the first episode, I've always, like, seen myself as, like, the audience insert of, like, enjoying Sonic, loving Sonic, but not always knowing like all the really intimate detailed lore and like prototype stuff of all the games and and like especially for this episode i purposefully like did not look up any like prototype prototype stuff or history of the first game or anything because i wanted this episode for me at least to be like oh my friends are telling me cool stuff about the first sonic game that i didn't know so like <laughs> so like audience if you didn't know this stuff i'm here with you because i'm just like i didn't know that oh big balls and like, whoa <laughs> big balls <laughs> yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff that we didn't know about like that came out like with one of the prototypes that got released by hidden palace um just a few years ago even I always think of that front-facing bull hog. Like that's just, that's like wow. That no, that's like one of those things we never even saw in like the magazines and stuff. Oh, by the way, those uh those marble zone uh, UFOs they're, they're in Wayne's World. That's the wildest <laughs> stuff. <laughs> what? They've got like an early version of Sonic One playing in the background. Oh, sorry, Wayne's World, the movie, you know, the original movie. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> there they are with the chalk the that zone. up to proper preservation. <laughs> The Eggman boss in Spring Yard Zone is one of the first really weird ones. Yeah. The the boss in Spring Yard kind of reminds me, I think was done, I, I will say similarly, not better, because it's it's different gimmicks, but similarly to the one in Aquatic Ruin in Sonic 2, where it's, you are having to use the environment and waiting for Eggman to do a specific thing before you can score a hit versus like dodging what he's throwing at you and then you know hitting him at the same time i've never uh i've never let the clock run out to see just how many platforms he can spike down and remove from you know for you to stand on i wonder does it just get to where there's only one left and you're you're boned i think so it does actually because 
Yeah, because I I remember at least one time I played and I got to that boss and for some reason I was just borking it the whole time and <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah that happened like I got down to one block and then I got stabbed through the entire body. <laughs> well, well, fair enough. The, 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 this this one actually does throw a wrench in my whole theory of like. Uh, giving you things from the level that you might have faced before to fight because this has nothing to do with the rest of Spring Yard to be honest, it's just a big bridge that Robotnik's taking out one block at a time and still technically using the environment against you but mm. yeah, not not as much as the other one. It does feel like um, Casino Night in Sonic 2 is the boss that should have been here in the sense that you know Spring Yard's full of those half pipes and using momentum to get up yeah, high. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a shame that there aren't more bosses in the classic games in general that make use of momentum like that, but or the modern games or any of the games, but <laughs> yeah. Well, does the Sonic Advance 2 count where they're all using momentum? <laughs> I think uh, just running. I was going to say I think a lot of uh, hardcore classic fans would say no, absolutely not, never, not in any way whatsoever. No. <laughs> Especially if you're you're playing as cream and cheese and you've got that win button there. <laughs> Following chronologically, we have to drop down into the labyrinth. So do we have to help? <sighs> I mean, this is another where you know it's not the same order, but I feel like Aquatic Ruin is just the better water level. Um, mostly because if you get really good at Aquatic Ruin in Sonic 2, you don't even have to go in the water that many times <laughs> <laughs> versus Labyrinth. And hey, Sonic CD makes this mm, mistake too uh, <laughs> by also having a level that follows this exact format of being an underground. Well, it's a Labyrinth. But it's a water level where you can't swim, unlike with Mario, so it's like, well... And that's, and you know, that's always a funny thing. Apparently, they, when they were coming up with this, they're like, oh, well, hedgehogs can't swim, can they? Actually, I think you'll find <laughs> many videos of hedgehogs swimming. Uh, but Sonic just can't. Uh, he's got to be nerfed somehow, I suppose. Yes, he needs a he needs a character flaw and and not being able to swim or breathe underwater like Mario is <laughs> it. Is it. Uh, I was going to say it's interesting because the idea of like having these weird floatier physics and a time limit on how long you can stay underwater in a bubble no, pun not intended um those ideas um <laughs> would be like a nice mix up of gameplay but they also decided to make it really hard on top of that in terms of the traps and obstacles yeah. yes it is funny that this level that instills so much terror in sonic fans for everything it represents starts off with one of the most cheerful songs in the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Labyrinth, that sounds bad. Oh, but the music sounds good. Oh, no, but it's underwater. Oh, look at those pretty owls. Oh, I drowned. <laughs> um, I, I feel like the biggest thing holding... I, I mean, it, it feels like a death of a thousand cuts, that there are just several um several little annoyances that all add up in labyrinth like top of the list being those spear spikes that seem to have a hitbox that are just is way too big yeah. and the fact that uh, is this where they also introduce the oh again i don't know the the spinny enemies that throw their spikes oh, at you orbanauts yeah. orbanauts of course uni unis if you want to be a weeb <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's so obvious that if you didn't have to deal with water physics, it would be so much easier to deal with those guys. And in fact, hey, that that's what they did in 
in future games in like Sonic Mania that there it is perfect the gaps are in between the the spike balls are perfect to like land in between except you're in floaty water physics so that doesn't work (laughs) it's much harder yeah labyrinth is nobody's favorite is it gotta say though i would not trade its legacy within like the fandom culture for anything like i mean we kind of all come together (laughs) to hate labyrinth if you know what i mean (laughs) it's like a love hate thing to wear like marble like we are so used to its legacy and eventually we got it even if it took us into adulthood or (laughs) you know mega collection whatever uh release um yeah it is hard to say like oh i would cut it out altogether because no it's it's fun to to talk about yeah like oh yeah this is the low point huh (laughs) i suppose the great debate would be would chemical plant in sonic 2 be enough to make the drowning theme famous even if labyrinth hadn't happened Huh. Oh, for wow. some people yeah. maybe but, that's a good thought but you spend a lot of time with it in that one and you're always going to be spending time like the the famous thing is like yeah the, the 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 anxiety incarnate that is the drowning music from sonic in general uh you will hear it a lot mostly while you're waiting for a bubble to pop out of the ground in labyrinth, and it's just uh. da, 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 da. come on <laughs> get out no it's just a little one no give me the big one give me the big one here it comes ah I'm drowned. Yeah. I I swear there is a not to jump ahead, but in Scrap Zone 3, which is just Labyrinth Act 4, there is a specific bubble generator that just refuses to give you <laughs> that life-saving big bubble and just I okay. me i guess (laughs) i was gonna say i was recently playing um the 8-bit version of sonic one and in that there's like an optional challenge to find all the one-up monitors and one of them is down this really long corridor with no bubbles so you have to get in there get the one-up monitor and get back out again um and when i was waiting at that bubble literally just nothing was coming out and i was like okay i know what's going to happen here i'm going (laughs) to drown and then the bubble's going to come out just as sonic's going off the screen even after sonic went off the screen the bubble still didn't come out so i don't know how i could possibly (laughs) survive there they they had it out for you on that (laughs) just you specifically in that section oh goodness i think like all these fan creators are really great but they've been getting it wrong when it comes to like trying to make a horror game based around sonic what you need to do is actually make it based on one of the water levels if you really want to scare people (laughs) i'd pay good money for a vr sonic game where i'm just underwater in labyrinth and it's all murky and i have to go from bubble to bubble that would probably actually be genuinely horrifying you could you can keep your photorealistic bleeding eyes sonic.exe just just drop him in a game that's all water levels. God, that would go well with some backroom stuff as well, wouldn't it? Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. <laughs> Don't even need like monsters lurking or anything. It would just be like, you know, nothing is scarier, Trump. <laughs> I would like to believe that there is a a super dramatic like Dan Drazen esque fanfic out there that deeply explores like Sonic's psychological fear of water. <laughs> I would I would like to see that. <laughs> but once you make it out of here, you've managed to avoid drowning. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we already said that. Yeah, there there is not even a unique Eggman boss. He's just try. He's also trying to escape this. T- terrible place <laughs> My, i would i like the idea that you've just snuck up on robotnik before he's ready he's like oh wait no wait no i was preparing the thing uh <laughs> oh shit <laughs> I, really didn't make, I didn't really think you'd make it through this one <laughs> just taking pot shots at his 
but <laughs> oh goodness oh, yeah they yep. made that layout absolutely perfect where if you do get hit you go all the way to the bottom oh. yeah you might as well just give up on that run <laughs> like um when i played on origins the other day that happened to me i got to like i think the last set of spikes coming out the side i got hit and literally if you get hit by a particular one of them that it is just clear sailing all the way to the bottom and i was just like really like tax man you couldn't have just Snuck in a little block there. Did you have to be completely faithful? <laughs> Just halfway up, you know? Yes. <laughs> I think that was one specifically where I cheesed it with the, uh, hey, I'm going to add that extra emerald in there and do supersonic and his long, fast jumps to just completely cheese that section. <laughs> I will say that uh, the, the boss of Labyrinth Zone was... A, a bit more palatable on the Sonic Origins version because of the fact that if you played the uh, like the anniversary mode, like you just get the the continual like retries. You don't have like game overs and stuff, but it also prolongs the suffering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. You have to you have to make the conscious decision to give up. You don't get the sweet release of a game over. <laughs> yes, there, there's a couple times where like I retried a few times. I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> like I I, re- I probably rebooted the game like three times just because of that stupid boss <laughs> even even the boss in the um the sonic cd equivalent is a little bit more fun because you can uh, if you get the the line it up just right jump and fall down onto eggman and get a couple of hits in usually to, to put you over the top there but he's going up in uh <laughs> labyrinth so that is much harder to do i don't think i've ever actually managed to beat him there i've outrun the water once or twice but mm. Never got the eight hits in. I think that's the badge of honor. I know a few fans have. Yeah. <laughs> See, they should have made that one of the achievements on Origins. Like, no, they shouldn't have. All these baby <laughs> achievements, like players Sonic, players Knuckles, <laughs> or at least have like I kind of understand the logic of achievements. Like, I don't know if you've ever gone and looked at like the percentages on most. Like people, lots of people don't even like you know complete the base game on on just games in general, but. I would appreciate it if there was a little, like, maybe separate in-game rewards and achievements. I think Origins even has those, like, in the, the mission mode. Or, yeah, they could have made it a mission, you know, an, an optional hard mission to to do stuff like that. I know there's a couple of those in there that's, like, fa- recreate famous old glitches. But your reward for making it out of this labyrinth is um this nice, pretty city, Starlight Zone. Sorry, yeah. I thought you were going to say the reward for making out a labyrinth is you don't have to play a labyrinth anymore. I mean, yes, <laughs> goes without saying, I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like this level, actually. Yeah. Like, I think it's a, I think it's like a breath of fresh, literally a breath of fresh air um, after Labyrinth Zone and some of these harder levels to just be out in the city again. I think this is the first time I, and maybe I'm just making this connection in my head, uh, but thematically that like Starlight and then Scrap Brain right after it might actually be the same city and Scrap Brain is just what Eggman has, has taken over and like built up upon. That could make sense. I really appreciate the way that Starlight Zone Acts 1 through 3 is just designed in general because at least for the way that I played it, I feel like it's a really good balance between the more precise platforming and like some more technical just level design work in general, but I also still get that sense of speed. I feel like there's a really satisfying balance of both of those those concepts throughout all three acts of the entire zone. And it was like, especially getting out of, and maybe, maybe it was just the high of getting out of Labyrinth Zone, but especially leaving there and then going to this, like it just, it feels like a really good set of levels and 
that's that's a reward in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, and I just think it's a great like looking at it from like an aesthetic and you know musical standpoint. It's just a nice feeling level. It really is. Like yeah, there's going to be some dangerous stuff to deal with. You got like all the bo- yeah. This is the first one where you have to deal with bombs, which are literally bad. Nick's called bombs because all they do is they explode when you come near them. Uh, yes, yeah. you cannot that, take though. them out in any other way. <laughs> yeah. Can't, not even if you're invincible, you can't do anything to them. Um, but uh, you know, it's a. I think it's weirdly like we've had some of the more stressful levels before this, and then we're getting oh, it's the nice little city level where you, where it seems like a nice little residential area, especially as you go down further and you start seeing the brick walls and stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I just really like it. It is nice that they kind of you know, even though Sonic One is notorious for having all these really slow levels, they do at least make them back to back, fast level, slow level, fast level, slow level, and it does like. Keep your spirits slightly high when you you are making it through the whole game. <laughs> I think it's even Act Three of Starlight that has maybe like the the, the largest hill in the game that kind of launches you up onto the the little seesaws with the spikes, and it just feels really good. Um, it, it's it's nice to have a after slower level sandwiched in between Spring Yard to have like one that it seems much more balanced towards towards your speed again. I think it's no wonder that there's... So I think it's in Sonic Jam and also some of the M2 releases that you can play a mode, which is literally just Green Hill, Spring Yard, Starlight, and that's the whole game. Um, which is like, <laughs> here's, here's Sonic 1, but just the good bits. <laughs> yes, you're, uh, yeah, those are those easy modes that trim out like entire acts and sometimes entire levels. And, and yeah, that is, I mean, that is cool. Like, like again, that that is just an option that they kind of realized after the fact. <laughs> Might be pal- more palatable to if you bounced off the the full version. Of course, us real fans, we earn our right to uh, play around in Starlight Zone. <laughs> yeah, <of course>. <laughs> <laughs> we have the uh, the boss of Starlight Zone, which, uh, like Chris mentioned, like brings back the whole the bomb the whole bomb thing. Well, in this um, case, it's like little. They've turned like the the little spike balls that you're using on the seesaws into bombs. And yeah. uh, Robonic gives you ammunition to hit him with, which I quite like. Yeah. This, I, again, maybe I'm just, I'm being silly in my own brain, but I couldn't help but think with some of these bosses, and especially the final boss, that Eggman's problem isn't that he is not a genius. He is. He's he's obviously very smart. He creates all these things with his, his brilliant mind in his own two hands. He just needs a QA department. To, <laughs> he, he needs someone to interject and say, like well what if sonic jumped on the other end and sent that spike ball right back up you know <laughs> that just never crosses his mind that that sonic would be able to outsmart him in that way i was gonna say you say this but he does get that qa department in uh modern games and he does not listen to them yeah <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> we uh, we we have even seen in the latest Sonic Frontiers when Sage is like, you know, I think the easiest thing would just be to team up with Sonic. And he, again, refuses to listen for the majority of that game. <laughs> Part of me does assume, like, maybe he's giving Sonic a fighting chance. Because this is a thing that the Robotnik likes to do, like... You rem- almost to taunt Sonic. You remember Sonic Adventure and the Egg Viper boss, and see if you can make it through here, Sonic. Mm-hmm. And Sonic does. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's very in character for classic Eggman in particular, when you, especially when you consider like his characterization in the limited animation of the day and like the modern shorts <laughs> by Tyson Hess. Um, he 
he wants to kill Sonic, but he also wants to have a good time while he's doing it. <laughs> oh, yes. The, this this is a man who is, like, literally dressed like a magician with a little cape. Like, it, if it's not flashy, it's not worth doing. And, you know, if if he's got to break a few OSHA rules to get to that, <laughs> to get to that uh, state, then he's going to do it. <laughs> or maybe, when it comes down to it, they just needed to give you a boss that you can actually beat. Right, like, right. Why would, why would Bowser have that axe in the back that would destroy the bridge that he's standing on because you need to have a goal (laughs) well then then we're getting back into creepypasta territory to where i'm like oh no i'm trapped in an unbeatable boss that's not fair ah nightmare nightmare (laughs) Um, just to be a boring nerd and talk about gameplay again though i do really like that this boss has like multiple ways to hit him that's again one of those really nice little things that should really come up more often but doesn't yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because i wanted to say that too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you can either hit him with the spike balls or you can hit him with the spike ball which is (laughs) oh i haven't checked to see again going to sonic 2 i know sonic 2 is uh even sometimes encourages you to like hit eggman just right to score multiple hits i can't remember if that that might be a little more difficult in sonic 1 as far as not like falling right through him after a hit or or bouncing Mm, i feel like you do in sonic 1 but i think on this spot specifically i got lucky enough to get two hits on him one time and then i just had to deal with single hits for the rest of the time but at the same time i'm also not a pro sonic player so that's just me I do know, and uh, and we'll, we will talk about this in a, in a bit. We've already mentioned I did play through some of the the eight bit version, which is incredibly charming, even if I didn't grow up with it. And know that you cannot do that uh, because you have no rings on all those bosses, and you will just fall through and take a hit. But <laughs> that's just different di- diff- different designs, not necessarily a flaw. Oh boy, scrap brain zone. Things are getting real scary. <laughs> When I was playing this one again, I I remember years ago when I first played it, it was definitely a difficult set of levels, and by the end of it, I think I was just very tired of it. Going back and playing it now, I actually, like, there were some spots where I was able to really actually enjoy the levels, because it had... I think maybe because I was trying to play it differently than I used to, I actually found some places where I could you know, quote-unquote, hold right <laughs> to, to get some speed going, and... Uh, I think, I think because of just the versatility of the Sonic levels in general, where you have like different layers of the level that give you different traversal options, I must have gotten into some of those lucky patterns where I was able to like do some of the more speedy stuff instead of, instead of having to like do the waiting and platforming things. Yeah, I, I think I got lucky this time. <laughs> I do think of like the three slow, hard levels in the game, Scrap Brain is probably the, mo- the one that manages to get the balance almost right, at least, if not right in terms of uh, balancing that kind of thing like i don't know what it is even though i like categorize it with marble and labyrinth in my head as the hard ones i do think it's a lot more enjoyable to play and i can't quite put my finger on why but i think it might just be exactly what jake said yeah there's not as much waiting around i think like compared to marble zone which makes you wait around for like blocks and weights and stuff and and uh, labyrinth which makes you wait for water and air bubbles and stuff but this one like it, it, it's definitely a level made to make you suffer, but in a different way to the other ones. I might even go as far to say that, unlike the rest of the game, I might prefer Scrap Brain to Metropolis from Sonic Two. Yeah, because Scrap Brain has a lot of 
I feel like this is really putting all of your your Sonic platforming that you have have learned playing the rest of this game to the test because there's those little spinny platforms where the timing is very precise. There's the the disappearing, reappearing, you know, your your Mega Man platforms um, that do allow you if you get it just right, like you can stay on that high area and it, you know you you don't have a lot of opportunities to run real fast, but you can skip a lot of the more frustrating parts. Whereas what I recall of Metropolis is those being, even in modern releases, like some of the levels that, like, I, the timer threatens to run out to hit that mm-hmm. dreaded 10 minute mark and kill me. And yeah, I, I think Scrap Brain is doing it on, on, on this, this last run again, aside from, uh, act three, which is just labyrinth again and sucks. Um, <laughs> I, I felt really accomplished, like hitting the, um, the, the big spinny, uh, br- <laughs> they look like big bristles to me, the big gears that you can launch your, your way up to. Like every time I manage to do that and get on that upper pathway, it feels really good in Scrap Brain. And on the the same time, like when you beef it and fall all the way back down to the bottom and then you're in very unfamiliar territory, like it still feels like pretty good because you're like, well, I guess that was my fault. It wasn't like a hidden spike thing uh, uh, like the other levels. I think one of the things that also like this that makes this an improvement over I say an improvement over Metropolis like it didn't come first <laughs> but something makes it superior to it in some ways is the fact that there's variety like this is one of the first um, Sonic levels with like level transitions in a way or, or certainly like a change in acts because the first act is like outside and then outside the factory and then you're inside it for the second one and I think that adds, you know it, it just it changes things up a little bit yeah, at least definitely. visually yeah and and if I can say something positive about Ek three, I do like how I saw someone point this out, and I just you know I choose to fill in the the the, the fiction gaps. Eggman has built this factory. Um, I I like to think on the outskirts of Starlight Zone and on top of a a an unaccessible until you're dropped into it part of Labyrinth Zone, and it's like just sucking the life out of and poisoning this part of Labyrinth Zone because mm. the mm. You know, the the background is now, instead of the nice, like, golden sheen, uh, it's, like, bleached bone white, and the the water has been, you know, polluted to that, you know, proto-chemical plant pink-purple, and Mm -hmm. I do at least like the the, the theming there, the the theatrics of it, Mm -hmm. like, oh no, this is what awaits the rest of the, the island if we don't stop Eggman here. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Even if they are just recycling assets from Labyrinth Zone, mm. at least they made it interesting. <laughs> yeah. I would love to know the development cycle. Like, was that their idea from the beginning, or did they specifically say, "Hey, how can we make a really intimidating last level?" Um, and that was a direct response to playtesters playing Labyrinth Zone. Yeah. I'd love to know. <laughs> I hate this Labyrinth Zone level. Ooh, you hate it, dude. <laughs> if it was their plan from the beginning, uh, amazing um, uh, usage of player psychology there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All they knew people were going to have a terrible time with that. <laughs> 
by the way, uh, just to continue what I was doing before with Spring Yard Zone, this was originally going to be called Clockwork Zone. That's two separate words. Uh, but, huh. but on all the screenshots that show it as that, they haven't made the W yet. So it's Clock Orc Zone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I may have stumbled across that bit of trivia. And I'm sure that wasn't the, the, the exact reason. But yeah, did someone say like, so they changed it because they didn't have a W? <laughs> I just <laughs> thought that was so funny. <laughs> like they were just incapable of creating one. Ran out of time. They, ran out, they didn't have a W. They didn't have a third act. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say those those bits didn't come uh, cheap back in those days maybe they really i don't know they were like sorry guys it's either the sega chant or the w which do you want (laughs) yeah yeah we only have enough budget for either one (laughs) we've already taken the band out we can't take any (laughs) more and they're like but what about the m we can't you turn that down upside down nope no space oh darn it (laughs) you're crazy you're fired get out of here Uh, that kind of, and once you spring out, literally spring out of the uh, third act, there's no boss here. Basically, the last zone, quote unquote, it's the last part of Scrap Brain Zone, which is final zone. And this is the final boss, fittingly enough. Yeah. And it's hard. I-, I like the theming of like three just regular acts without a boss zone, and then you go into like the final boss. Like that. That seems just cool to me. I like it. I, I do, even though the level is, is very hard, I do like the how it kind of catches you out of nowhere in Sonic 2, where, what? Metropolis has three acts? Oh, no! They, we've yeah. only been doing two the whole game. And, uh, yes, uh, as, as Luke is pointing out, the spin dash makes the final boss a lot easier, especially to avoid those little lasers. So I think... Easier. The, the the best strategy is to, you know, go to one side and right before the lasers start to home in on you, just let go of that spin dash and <laughs> you are safely on the other side. And then it just becomes a waiting game to be on the same side so you can bop Eggman in one of those piston, piston hammers trying to squish you into a little blue paste. Two piston one. It's a nicely threatening <laughs> final boss, but again, it's a shame they don't really use the game mechanics for it. I do really like just thinking about how bombastic and and even on the the Genesis uh, or the Mega Drive's like limited sound chip like properly conveys like it's a it's a big stomping uh, a band full of full of horns for this final boss um, and yeah I mean I hope it goes without saying that you know Masato Nakamura's music in Sonic 1 is is still great still very listenable still iconic <laughs> yeah I definitely think um, the final boss uh, has particularly good music uh, above all else I like that it's sort of a pseudo remix of the um, regular boss theme Mm-hmm. It's uh, again, well. I mean, I know the reason why it hasn't come back. It's because of music rights related things. But um, yes. again, it's a shame that um, the Sonic One boss music doesn't really come up much. Although I guess it did get sort of a slight remix treatment. And um, yeah, we did get a little bit of remix of that kind of thing from T Lopes in the uh, Sonic uh, Origins cutscenes, which was nice. But yeah, generally those themes for Eggman have never really come back. But um, again, it's one of those weird things where like it's easy to forget that this was once the only music associated with him but i feel like other themes have kind of taken over over the years but it's so it's because of the whole rights issues and i feel like that's always for a while it felt like that was something we were never going to get back as the original sonic music because of the whole situation with dreams come true and everything and that was always a shame to me because like you know it'd be like if we lost the mario theme you know uh because that was it for the longest time 
But then again, the cartoons are coming out and they're making up their own versions anyway. So it's been quite diluted over the years. It sure seems like these days that it's more of a Sega just has to like nicely ask him like, hey, can we use this music? And, uh, you know, I, I, I won't claim to know all the details. It does seem to be a and it's hard for me not to say like, well, good for him that like he nailed down like, oh, no, like this is my music. Like it is Sonic, but I am the creator. And and, you know, it seems to work out fine when it needs to like um you know, as much as I wish there was more Sonic music in the the live action Sonic movies, like yes. uh, uh, Masato's Green Hill shows up in both of those in different forms. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just seems like it's it's a little more complicated to where uh, you know my the the most cynical part of my brain is like, oh, when it doesn't show up, it's like you know Sega just didn't want to have to cut him a check again or whatever. <laughs> I think that happened like one time they did a meme. They did a meme using Sonic 1 footage and they had to put in like replacement music. I was like, oh man. <laughs> I get it's just something you did on Twitter, but oh man. Yeah, yeah. Like they did, you know, they they wanted to make a, a goofy ass Twitter video and didn't want to have to call all the way over to Japan <laughs> to get them to sign <laughs> off on it. <laughs> At least one thing, like there are two things that Sega can lay claim to owning when it comes to the Sonic music, quote-unquote, is those jingles. It's the the Chaos Emerald theme and the drowning music. (laughs) They will never lose the drowning (laughs) music. True. Because that was designed by Sega Sound Team. That's why it's still made to return in later games. Yes, which is also, I mean... You know, Sonic 3 music is also very tricky, but then the the tracks that they know are the Sega sound team that are still around, like June June Sinoways and etc. etc. Those show up too. And again, it's I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions, but again, yeah, you said the Sega sound team, whereas it's very they aren't upfront about crediting the individual artists, so maybe maybe that has something to do with it where they can they can pretend like, oh yeah, you know, we all make hate that music (laughs) (laughs) like um oh yeah that came up in our art sonic 3d discussion to where we didn't know who composed the individual tracks until someone like ripped it out of the game data because it doesn't say it in the credits but that's just a a side tangent (laughs) i do think at least having the sonic one and two soundtracks being kind of half off limits um did it cause a lot of more uh, creativity in later Sonic soundtracks, whereas I think, you know, much as we love them, Mario does sometimes slightly overuse the music from the original game. Like, I'd love to hear a new underground theme one day. <laughs> so it's kind of nice that yeah. <laughs> Sonic was forced to have, you know, every single game have a unique sound, and Sonic 1 and 2 are no exception to that in the, the grand scheme of the series. That's the trade-off, really. Um, as much as the original stuff is iconic, at least you could say, well, Sonic's got more than one theme. And, yeah, you know, fair enough. <laughs> it is. It is funny that we have had almost forty years of Mario Underground just being butter, butter, butter. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you love Koji Kondo? It's not that it's bad. It's just it's it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is why I do appreciate. Like you know, I'll enjoy a good remix of it, but I do appreciate the games that have their own thing. And then when. But in like because I did like that they created some new overworld themes for like the new Super Mario Brothers, but then they used them for all the new Super Mario <laughs> games. So. Yes, well, fair enough. Oh, 
so much that it, it came back as a, 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 a meme going around of the, the yeah, dancing Koopa Troopas. <laughs> and isn't that just a mark of an iconic quality <laughs> when it wraps back around to being fun again? <laughs> But it's so, so that's Sonic One, and if you collected all those diddly dang Chaos Emeralds, you get a the cute little victory scene from Sonic, and Eggman's all mad in the credits. A bunch of flowers grow up. Um, fun little fact about the little scene where Sonic's running back to Green Hill in the ending. I'm pretty sure I was I was goofing around because I knew the level select and all the little cheats and stuff. I had like the debug mode on during that bit, and I ac- accidentally turned on turned it on and had Sonic fall through the stage during that bit. And then the screen turned white, and I immediately turned off my Mega Drive. I was like, "Oh God, what have I done?" You're seconds away from discovering how your copy of Sonic One was personalized. There, we keep accidentally creating more creepy pastas. <laughs> oh man, those that that debug mode that was so funny of of discovering those cheats as a child and have no idea what that meant. Like I don't I didn't know what a debug mode was or what debugging was and where's the bug? I just yeah, some something that I only associated with Sonic until I understood that like, oh oh I get it. No, you're you're <laughs> you're literally trying different things in the game as the developer. <laughs> but that's Sonic One. We made it through. Uh, it wasn't easy. <laughs> that's, that's a, that is a difficult game to go back to sometimes. Like for us, maybe it's not so bad, but it's it is kind of I feel like a hard sell for younger fans who are just like, oh, I want to see how Sonic started, and then immediately like, okay, um, that's enough of that one. <laughs> yeah, I I do. At least we can say that it's harder, at least for me, it's harder to go back to Sonic 1 because, like, Sonic 2 improved on almost everything of the uh, the first one mm-hmm. um <laughs> which is hey you know it's it's a bountiful harvest of of fun games when you can say that oh yeah sonic one is only not my favorite because the sequels are so much better in a, in a lot of ways as as luke points out the sonic one is more fun with the addition of revisions and and added uh uh moves and slight slight tweaks to to physics and layouts and whatever um which is i mean an an interesting discussion on its own i think we've we've touched on before that like even widescreen makes it a little easier because you can see more of what's ahead of you and also like you know, I would always want the original game to be preserved in some format, but also like, yeah, I do find it more fun to have the spin dash and, and like additions modern releases have have made. And it's nice to have a version of the game where it, it's not as possible for Sonic to die going down one of those shoots in Green Hill Zone because the screen can't catch up in time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, again, talking about Sonic 2 improvements where they're like, hey, what if we made that a feature that you can run faster than the screen? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, even if um, even if Sonic One's like your favorite, and you get bummed out by all the um, sort of mixed messages most people tend to have for it, um, I think there's something to be celebrated about how it completely and utterly served its purpose in the grand scheme of the series. Like it really started everything off in a pretty solid way that was ready to be improved upon, even if you don't agree that it was improved upon. But 
Yeah, I mean, it, it like it changed gaming at the time. Like that, the, just the game on its own, like because it was like in America at least, it was packaged with the console for a while with the Genesis in place of Altered Beast. And I can, you know, like as much Ooh. as I'm sure lots of people think back to their mega their Genesis days of being like, rise from your grave. Uh, <laughs> most people are gonna hear the the Sega jingle and Sonic, and that's for the best. Yeah, I, I I do have very fond memories of Sonic 1. It, it, it was very tough for me. I mentioned on the first episode how I had to call my uncle who knew how to get past that, that little block puzzle <laughs> in Marble Zone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I, to be honest, I didn't know what he said. I couldn't hear what he was saying. So I was just like, yeah, yeah, thanks, uncle. Thanks, uncle. I don't know what to do. I was going to say, you're talking about the one where you just push the block to the right and it lands on the Switch? Yeah, I literally... But you have to put it to the left. That's not throwing me off. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad of a gamer I was. <laughs> but I got it in the end. I just maybe uh, abused the level select a lot because you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> Even now, with with his troubles, I'll never forget Yuji Naka's birthday because that's the level select in Sonic 2. <laughs> For me, whenever I'm loading up the game on the title screen, it's like up, down, left, right, A and start together. That's what I'll teach myself. <laughs> Well, I mean, we 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 have we've talked about Sonic One as a whole, um, and we have alluded to some of the other versions. Um, oh sh! I did not know that. Oh, I mean, Naka's birthday's not there in the Sonic Two Origins version. Disgusting. They use his court date instead. <laughs> well, I mean, I suppose they're just trying to get too far away from Yuji Naka these days. <laughs> it's the oh wow, really? They just straight up changed it. Hmm. Okay. Well, maybe you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh... Oh, I did not know that. I wonder if they got a tip off about uh, Naka's uh, <laughs> antics. <laughs> yeah. Inside trade this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Mm, well, <laughs> trying to trying to transition into talking about 8-bit Sonic, which I I did not grow up with um but is Oh, incredibly adorable is really nice playing like we did a whole episode on these and the uh the, the fan remakes which are also still very good but i went back to um it, it was i have a you know i couldn't get my my real hardware genesis to boot up and so i hooked back up my uh genesis mini which is still modded and has um in addition to the mega drive games uh 32x um cd and master system games with a couple of game gear ones and so i played through some of um 8-bit sonic one and it's just a lovely little game that I can't believe is as good as it is. <laughs> yeah, it may be an ancient game, but anyway, by the way, Ancient was apparently a studio made, was <laughs> founded by the composer, the main composer for this game, Yuzo Koshiro, who we talked about before, uh, the Streets of Rage composer. Man, like the, the, while he's while he's using like some uh, Nakamura tracks in this. Lots of really original uh, songs for this, which I we've talked about before. I'm going to talk about it again. They're really, really good, and people should talk about them more. Oh yeah, it's a it's l- less than thirty seconds, uh, but bridge zone something about bridge, <laughs> <laughs> um, just I, it just touches the emotions of my heart, and I have to fight back tears. Even again, <laughs> want to make it clear, did not grow up with this game. Don't know when I would have first heard uh, the bridge music, but yes, especially uh, again, just to reiterate, like when the few notes of that were in the the Sonic uh, uh, anniversary 
uh, symphony concert, I I about like fell on the floor just sobbing. Yeah, genuinely. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. so beautiful. <laughs> I feel like you've got a lot to say about this game, Jess. Yeah, I'll try to keep it brief, considering you guys already did an episode on it. <laughs> yeah, this is no, go for it. <laughs> this is the Sonic one that I grew up with because I didn't have a Mega Drive, and because I was a stupid idiot child, I thought that just like Mario, all of the eight-bit Sonic games must have come first, and then they made the sixteen-bit ones, and they just <laughs> went back to Sonic One for some reason. Um, so I always thought that this was the original version of Sonic, and was just like, huh, there's no loops in this. That's kind of weird, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is much more of a straightforward platformer, but I just have a lot of nostalgic attachment uh, for this game. Um, I definitely prefer the soundtrack for this one, um, but I've always I always feel like um, the 8-bit soundtrack has a touch more of like melancholy to it. Like Bridge particularly mm. brings that across, and the 8-bit version of Scrap Brain as well. Um, Scrap Brain in yeah. particular, yeah. Uh, not the boss theme. The boss theme is probably one of the most jolly tracks in the entire series. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of this game. Um, it is, it's definitely not the game. I definitely respect the Mega Drive version more because, you know, Sonic 1 for the Master System and Game Gear doesn't have any of the physics play stuff, which is what's really defined Sonic over the years. But it's just a really fun little solid, kind of straightforward, slightly speedy platformer. And it's definitely one that I go back to a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. I saw you just recently playing it again on the Apricot Cookie server. I saw you like posting your score at the end of the game. I was <laughs> well, like, well, that's the thing. Jez up to their usual shenanigans. <laughs> um, even though I played it tons as a kid and it was the one that I had, it wasn't my first Sonic game. My first Sonic game was Sonic 2 and then I got Sonic 1 for the Master System. Um, mm. So it was kind of weird in the sense that it was kind of like getting a level pack for Sonic 2 because they do play very similar on the Master System version, but with less physics stuff, which was kind of weird. But... Um, yeah, it has this weird scoring system where like, it keeps track of how many special stages you've done and whether you found the single one-up monitor hidden on each level and that kind of thing, and it gives you like a massive score bonus <laughs> at the end. So it's a rare Sonic game where, for the classic games at least, there's more to 100%ing the game than just getting all the Chaos Emeralds, uh, which is nice. So I was plugging away at that recently and finally achieved it without save states the other day <laughs> interesting nice kind of goes by like donkey kong country rules where there's like a bunch more stuff than just beating the game <laughs> yeah. yeah like it'd be nice to I, I don't know how well it would work in a proper classic sonic game where you've got these huge labyrinthine levels with like multiple routes and all sorts of layers because the 8-bit games are much simpler in that regard you can have like a single collectible to find on each level and have it be a reasonable challenge but it does take if you if you're visiting them for the same time even if you do choose to like go to to the fan remakes which are 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 very nice but, but i think as we said especially sonic 2 is is are their their own beasts so i would recommend like at the very least just finding a a nice emulated version of the originals it takes some changing your brain to understand that this is just a a different version of sonic on a different system and things like like, like every boss is a challenge because they drop you in there with, I, I believe so, like no rings. Like that's that's part of the challenge is is bosses. You 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 you're one hit and you're done. But ah, there's just something about them to where I just appreciate how they managed to make Sonic work on the the last generation of system 
after, you know, 16-bit Sonic was supposed to be this, we are revolutionizing the games industry with this, but still managing to make that fit uh, properly on, on that older hardware. And it's just, it's so charming and adorable. Yeah. And, you know, Sonic 2 is the one where if you get the bad ending, Tails dies. And- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, I think charming and adorable are really good words for them. I would liken it to like, Sonic 1 for the Mega Drive is like an amazing day out on a Saturday afternoon with your friends. Sonic 1 for the uh, Master System is like a quiet little walk on a Sunday afternoon. It's just kind Mm. of relaxing (laughs) and has a much gentler atmosphere. I'd say not even that fitting for Sonic as far as how the series would evolve from that point, but it was their first time making a spin-off Sonic game, so... (laughs) And you know they had to make something for all the all the Brits with their master systems that haven't yeah, got exactly. the drive yet. <laughs> yes. so, so everyone who had been playing like Mickey Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion or whatever, or World of Illusion, whatever it was on the master system, had finally had their own Sonic to play. So something for us, from something for the Brits who couldn't afford the new console, and also for all those Brazilians who are probably still playing them. Uh, yeah, I was going to say those die-hard master system Brazilians. <laughs> well, I, I think that is probably the, the the biggest alternate version of Sonic One. But I, you know, before we got um, before we got a, a Sonic Origins, which whether people like it or not is probably now seen as the definitive version. I'll put it that way. Um, we did get other ports of this, and we we covered a lot of those in our compilations. But I mean, you know, just for. Sh- and giggles we we gotta talk about like the good the bad and the ugly starting with the bad and the ugly being that game boy advance port in 2006 <laughs> they already did all right with the advanced games or like well what if we just do the first one again for a sonic's anniversary that'll be special and boy <laughs> boy howdy <laughs> i yeah, and that's one of those where even a, a a future developer on Sonic Mania and Sonic Origin Stealth like went in and fixed that version, and you know, it, wouldn't say it's perfect, but it's a hell of a lot better than what they they tried to sell, you know, get you to pay money for for your Game Boy Advance. Oh boy, that was you know, I'll I'll just say it wasn't a good year for Sega and Sonic Team that two thousand and six. What is it about that? first year <laughs> oh boy we we will i would love a eventual you know and and unfortunately stuff like this that just might not happen but just a tell-all like behind the scenes where you know it's so far gone that nobody's going to get in trouble but just talk about how rancid it must have been <laughs> to be on the bottom rung working on those projects <laughs> we're not gonna get into too much detail as to why this game is so bad i feel like you it's one of those ones where you can just look at a youtube playthrough and you'll get it immediately at the very least like you know you could throw it in an emulator and just put hands on it that way but Unless you are the most die-hard uh, Sonic collector, um, and even then, like, get a mitten box copy and just never open it. Put that thing behind sealed glass. <laughs> it's not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> uh, thankfully, we have gotten so many more uh, uh, faithful and better ports than that. Uh, of course, 2013 is when we got the first Christian Whitehead version, the ultimate realization of his Sonic physics demo, and that has gone forward to be, like, the, the 
the basically the definitive version, like we said. Um, I've also got. Uh, uh, I'm glad we put this on here because I'm remembering when this came out. Um, the 3D Sonic the Hedgehog um, for the 3DS, done by um, M2, I believe. Um, and they would also go on to do the uh, Genesis Mega Drive Mini version and the Sega Ages version. And those are all incredibly sol- uh, solid versions of like, you could say probably closer to the original presentation of Sonic 1. And I just like that that 3D version because it's, it's you know, it's like Sonic's right there. I could reach in and, and give him a high five. <laughs> I love the 3D function where you can like make it look like an old CRT monitor, like it bulges out like one. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's charming. It's really cute. It's um, I I remember having that feeling when they announced that for you know even back then just a couple dollars, but it was after the uh you know after the the taxman version, and I thought, oh geez, what are what are they doing? Just stick with a winner, and like no, they they can coexist just fine. <laughs> I definitely wish it was the Taxman version that we got a 3D of, uh, 3D version of, because um, that 3D version, I do think it is still emulated under the hood, so it comes with all like the slowdown of the original during like hectic moments. Mm. But it's just so nice to look at. I've, I've always been a fan of like stereoscopic 3D stuff, and just I mean, the original game was kind of revolutionary at the time for having all of this parallax scrolling stuff, so it just looks right in 3D. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. 3DS. Yeah, it it is so interesting. Well, I guess it is like again to date our recording like the the 3DS and Wii U eShops will be going away in in mere days and I I am seeing a lot of people and I think rightly so cuz I have I have pretty good memories of of the games that used it correctly of that that stereoscopic 3D just being cool. Like I I I totally understand like people to wear you know, it, it, it killed the battery a little bit more or you just can't you like one of those things that it just straight up doesn't work for some people. But man, the, the games that did it right, like even, you know, 3D Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, like most Nintendo things, the first party Nintendo things that used it, used it really nice. And it definitely improved in like later versions of the 3DS. Like the difference between like the original 3DS and my 3DS XL that I got is just like, wow, it really is a lot sharper so yes yes and i i think like you know games like um uh zelda link between worlds will like go up there with just like oh this is this is how to do this correctly and ah, it's one of those things that you know maybe in the future when we get whatever ps playstation 9 holograms working <laughs> we'll be able to like properly preserve that because <laughs> it's it's hard to do without the right hardware that's for sure yeah, so so Sonic 1, like we said, it can be a little bit hard to go all the way back there, and, uh, you know, I guess, unless it was like a compilation like, like Mega Collections or Origins, I don't know if I would recommend someone to like, oh yeah, just, just start with Sonic 1. But again, to say like that's only because they they took the incredibly solid foundation of Sonic One and just built upon that for over the next two uh, uh, D games. And yeah, I think the <laughs> again as 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 Luke has has pointed out, uh, Sonic One's legacy is almost 
everything uh that came after that <laughs> like without sonic one uh like you wouldn't have the competition between uh uh you know the the different parts of sega doing sonic cd and sonic 2 which led to those uh both uh you know i, I would also say solid solid and amazing games and it's just it's 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 cool like sonic one is it's Sonic, man. <laughs> it's the original. <laughs> Everything spawned from this in the end. Like, this is, like, the starting point. Like, it's so important. Like, even, like, <laughs> even the stuff which is contentious now all started here. The whole, <laughs> the, the split between East and West and what the interpretation of Sonic is happened. Like, it all... Classic like, every, Sonic, every modern Sonic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of this is from here. Um, and the, judging by the games these days, uh, Green Hill will always be around. <laughs> <laughs> in, in some form, one way or another. <laughs> I think I think Jez said it very eloquently earlier that that Sonic 1 really was just like, it, it, it definitely accomplished what it set out to do. And it became such a fantastic base and foundation for just the rest of Sonic to be able to to build off of because you know in sonic 2 we got tails and we also got the spin dash which is such a still amazing uh mechanic in sonic games whether it's like some of the early 3d games or when it's uh when it's like sega doing some like older style sonic games every now and then yeah it was really was just such a good foundation to build off of and it, it didn't hold any particularly like strict guidelines of of like this is how this has to be and it didn't confine things to a box where things had to stay the same forever and ever and ever yeah definitely do you have any final thoughts oh sorry yeah you're about to say something oh no <laughs> i was i was agreeing with jake <laughs> oh fair enough <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah i feel like i sort of accidentally slipped my final thoughts into the not final thoughts uh, earlier <laughs> on but yeah it's it's a game i just have a lot of respect for even if even if my sonic one was the master system version um there's no denying that everything that people love about sonic generally came from this game and i the, the only thing is i would politely not to be a downer but would politely just push back on the like you said the the false recollection i think some people have that oh sonic one is the bad one that that isn't as fun as the other ones and just just to say that like it it is different and and i totally understand the walls that that lots of people especially as as children you know we we were building up our gaming muscles <laughs> back then uh ran up against some of the slower levels but i yeah I, I would not trade like uh i would not trade a sonic one like i would not excise it from the the legacy of sonic that's for sure oh yeah no way at all in fact actually um i do slightly prefer sonic one to sonic two which is a bit of a controversial take interesting I know. <laughs> all right <laughs> uh, uh, no it's, it's as simple as i feel like um I absolutely get why Sonic 2 is the more popular of the two games, and I would never try to argue someone out of thinking that. Um, I just find... I don't know what it is. Um, I find Sonic 1's slightly chunky platforming more satisfying sometimes than how Sonic mm. 2 tended to be a bit more of a twitchy game. Like, you are... Most of the levels in Sonic 2 are just going fast and getting hit by the same Burrobot coming out of the Aquatic Ruin wall every single time. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sort of thing is why... I, I don't feel like that happened in Sonic 1 as much, and I think that's why I slightly prefer it. I think the two games are really similar in how I rank them, uh, personally. But, uh, yeah, Sonic 1 has a slight edge for me and I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just the fact that Sonic 2 did become such the real blueprint for the series going forward. 
that Sonic 1 has this weird novelty to it um, that Sonic 2 doesn't have. Sonic 2 is just, this is what Sonic is, 100% from start to finish. Whereas Sonic mm. 1 is like, this is Sonic, sort of, not quite. And that weird novelty, kind of similar to how some people absolutely love Sonic CD, I don't know, that novelty gives it a slight edge to me. Hmm. Just being a bit of a hipster about it, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was the one I liked. But. No, but honestly, like you're right. Like it's Sonic Two almost is like you say streamlined, but if you look at like the level design of say Emerald Hill versus Green Hill, it's it's not quite as sprawling. It's definitely one of those get one of those levels that really gives you the idea. Oh, you can hold right for the most part on this stage. Like that's the sort of like where the Sonic myth kind of comes from is those kind of like simple levels. Uh, you could say it's down to the split between, like, say, Naoto, Oshima, and Yuji Naka working on their own different sequels, whereas Sonic CD is a bit of a confusing mess, a bit more likes. Like, Sonic CD is more like Sonic 1 than Sonic 2 is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. You know, and I'd be remiss if I didn't point out the other thing Sonic 1 has going for it is Sonic Shade of Blue in his in-game sprite is a lighter periwinkle compared to sonic 2's harsh cobalt blue so you know maybe that's just like a subconscious like you know a, a purplier sonic is a little more friendly looking. <laughs> <laughs> i do think that's another one of those things that gives sonic one that weird like slightly oh this is slightly off compared to what sonic would be going forward um, mm-hmm. it's like as well the um the the european box art has that weird sort of pale very gentle background to it as opposed to the one most yeah. people know with Green Hill. And I don't know, that pale, it, I've always found that such a gentle looking box art for like the first Sonic the Hedgehog game, you know? <laughs> it, that is interesting. That just goes back to the, the very interesting history of Sonic being marketed in different territories. <laughs> it's one of those that's like, well, we know how it is now where everything's kind of very unified and, and takes like uh, Sega of Japan's lead. But like, I do wonder, like, an alternate history where those splits never happened, where, you know, you, you had a, a the same Sonic everywhere, but, you know, that, that, that'd that be good for, for speculation someday. <laughs> I mean, I, my thing was, I didn't replay all of Sonic 1 before this episode, and that was partly due to a lack of time and busyness, but also, I have played this game quite a lot. In fact, I played Indeed. it quite extensively, so I could write an 120,000 word <laughs> adaptation of it in fanfic form. So, uh, <laughs> I, I think this game is very important, and while it might not be my favourite Sonic game, I feel like it's 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 so essential to the Sonic experience. Like, we needed it. All, all warts and all, we needed <laughs> Sonic 1. <laughs> Amen. And that about wraps up another episode of The Hill as always greener. As always, you can find us uh, on the internet, uh, on Twitter at Sonic F Series, and on YouTube under that. I have been a Game Buddy, and you can find me around the internet under that name, sometimes with a 1, 2, 3 at the end, and you can find me on Twitter at Great Job Jeremy. That's G R and the number 8. And uh, I have been Falero, and you can find me all across the internet as Falero. That's F-A-U-L-E-R-R-O. Love that jingle. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to hear it live. Uh, I have been Rock the Jake, and you can find me on all the socials as Rock the Jake, and you can find me on twitch.tv as Mr. Rock the Jake. Uh, and I've been Jezemem, sometimes called Jezem by people who don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> um, uh, I can be find, found on most socials as either Jezemem or Jezemem Art. Um, 
my primary content, as the kids say on the internet, is uh, art. Uh, and I do a weekly humor comic uh, called Chamomile, uh, which has been going for a few years now. Um, it has nothing to do with Sonic, but you can check it out knowing that it's created by someone who is thinking about Sonic 60 to 70% of the time. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do a lot of uh, Sonic fan art as well and sort of uh, pin-up related things. Um, uh, so slight age warning on that, but nothing major. You should really read Chamomile, as apparently it's pronounced. <laughs> it's a very Ooh. great uh, webcomic, very funny, uh, and has lots of lovely ladies in it. So yes, <laughs> absolutely you. check it out. <laughs> And our, our silent producer today has been Cyberlink420, and you can find him on Twitter at Cyberlink420. Oh, that's Jake. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> Got a credit, Luke. <laughs> uh, as always, a special thanks to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song from the album Gotta Go Slow. And you can always find more of her work on YouTube and Bandcamp. Um, and as always, remember to subscribe and share the show. Um, those metrics help us get get it out there and improve the audience and yada, yada, yada. You know the drill. <laughs> so thank you very much. All right. Our next episode. Gosh, I think we're going to stay in the family of Sonic 1 titles and revisit Sonic Advance uh one the first one yes. <laughs> we, we, we could do the whole get the series of games but that's three games and it's a lot of work so we're just going to focus on the first attempt to bring sonic back to 2d after bringing him to 3d uh we're talking about sonic's rocky transition back to 2D. <laughs> <laughs> yes i i'm looking forward to to sitting down and playing that one again because unfortunately this one is not that that whole series of advanced games like like all five of them if you count battle and and uh pinball party um have not been re-released as much as the the original sonic one i hope that changes soon because hopefully uh, by the time this episode comes out maybe nintendo switch online decides here's sonic advance you know that'll be god i hope i really hope (laughs) uh but i my memories of this this game especially the first one uh, are are very very rosy so i hopefully they remain so as i (laughs) try and replay through it again and probably get all those diddly dang chaos emeralds again but until then i'm game buddy i'm falero i'm rock the jake I'm Jezaman, and unlike these guys, I'm not a voice actor, so forgive this. You know what they say, the more the merrier. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, what a classic. Uh, This has been The Hill is Always Greener, and we'll see you on the other side. Woo!